Welcome back to the podcast, the Bibliotherapy for Black Women podcast. I'm your host, Amaka. How are you guys doing? I hope when I ask that question, it prompts you to pause and really think, how am I doing? Um, I would love more than anything to be able to hear your responses to that question. But at the very least, I will settle for you sitting and pausing, even if it's for a second, and thinking, how am I doing? Because of our tendencies oftentimes to operate on autopilot. So taking a second to really think about how you're doing can maybe inspire you to make some changes today or this week or however. So again, I ask, how are you doing? I hope you guys are doing well. And if things are challenging right now, I'm sending you positive energy, positive vibes. I'm sending you support and strength and understanding. And I am rooting for you to get to the other side of whatever you're going through. How am I doing? I'm doing well. I am on day five of my personal retreat away. That's what I'm going to call it. I mentioned it on the previous episode about postpartum depression. And I believe I also mentioned it briefly on my episode about leaving my old job that I am taking the month off. By the time you hear this episode, though, I will be back to work. But as it stands in the present, as I am actively recording, I am about one third of the way into my month off. And um, this past week, it's a Friday I'm sorry, it's a Saturday when I'm recording early in the morning. It's almost 8.30 and I'm recording from Philadelphia. So I am closing out my week of being away from New York. Like I said, decided to do a personal retreat of sorts. I booked a tiny house Airbnb in rural Maryland and I was there for two days earlier in the week from Tuesday to Thursday. And that gave me an opportunity to do some much needed work, not just like productivity work, but like personal work, you know, just like thinking about things on the drive there and kind of thinking about the past half year from January when I moved to the end of June with leaving my job and everything that has transpired in these past almost six months. Everything that was a challenge, everything that was a setback, everything that was a triumph. I was thinking about everything. I was thinking about how tough these past six months have been for me and thankful ultimately of the decision that I made to leave my first job as an NP 
and take time for myself. I know that is an immense privilege and not everyone can do it, but I implore those who can. It doesn't have to be a month like me. It doesn't have to even be a week. If you can take a weekend, a day every so often and be selfish, 100% selfish with it. Be self-indulgent. Don't have a care in the world. Like I said, much easier said than done. But however that, whatever that means in your life, you know, of taking time for yourself, please do it. Because as I'm ending this week in Philadelphia, I'm in Philly right now. Um, I have, you know, talked about my love for Philly time and time again. So I decided that I would not come, I would not just go back to New York after being in Maryland. I would stop in Philly for a couple of days and just hang out. Philly is one of my favorite cities that I've been to. I just love the vibe. I say sometimes that if Philly was a person, like if I could personify a city, Philly and I would be besties. (laughs) I just love it. I love it. Um, so I'm here. I will be en route to back to New York in a few hours, but I've been here since Thursday and I took the time to just continue reading journal. And then yesterday I went out, did some shopping, treated myself in that way, and then came home to my Airbnb and uh, relaxed finished the book that is the topic of the episode today and wrote my notes so that I have um, a reference point to which I can talk from. And yeah, after I record this episode, I'm going to pack up and I'm going to first stop at my favorite pizza place in the city, which is just like two blocks away from where I used to live when um, I lived here like five years ago or so. So I'm going to get a couple slices of pizza and then I'm going to make my way back to New York. Should be like, uh, hopefully if there's not crazy traffic, it should be like two and a half hours, three tops. And I have my podcasts queued up. So I'm hoping it will be a good drive. So yeah, that's what's going on with me right now. I will be continuing the travels next week with my birthday coming up. I will be spending time with family in a very warm, beachy town and environment, and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to Miami. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being like vague about it. By the time this episode is up, like I said, I'll be back to work. The trips would have come and gone. Um, But yeah, I am looking forward to going to Miami for a few days around my birthday with my mom and my sister. And we haven't done a trip like this in a very, very, very long time. I would venture to even say ever, but that's not true. We used to take family trips 
to the Poconos in Pennsylvania when we were younger. But, you know, since we've, since I would say high school and all of us have grown up and kind of gone in our different directions, it's much harder to get all of us in one place. I think the last time me and my three siblings were under one roof was maybe 2018. (laughs) And that was a special holiday. It was Christmas. Usually, if there's any holiday that will get us together, it's Christmas. Um, Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do it since then, but I am hopeful that will happen again soon. So yeah, just even being able to be with my mom and my sister. I have one sister and I have two brothers. I'm the oldest of four. So just being able to even spend time with my sister and my mom in a place, you know, strictly for leisure and just having fun. We've never done that before as like having like a family girls trip. So this is the first time and I am very excited. So excited. So excited. I love my mom. I mean, that's the understatement of the century. Maybe one day I'll get into my mom. Maybe I'll make an episode just about her, just talking about her and everything that she's done. That woman is persistent and perseverance and resilience and all of the things, all of the good things in a person. So, yeah. And then my sister, who I love her, independence, I don't care, I'll do what I want, um, my life is mine type of personality, but at the same time, very thoughtful, very caring, very empathetic, like just a beautiful, beautiful soul all around. And I don't get as much time as I would like with them because they live in Texas. I'm up in the Northeast. So at most I see them three times in a year and that's in a good year. So that's, you know, something I want to hopefully do more of just spend time, spend more time with my family. Um, and definitely I plan to make that a much, much bigger priority. So let's get into this book. Let's get into this book. It's called Life I Swear by Chloe Dulce Luvueso. And it is a collection of essays. So first, I want to, I don't know if she will ever listen to this episode. Who knows? But I want to shout out Miley Teal. This is the second time I am talking about a book that she has recommended on her social media. The first one was Tiny Beautiful Things by, I'm, I'm blanking on the, ti- the whole title, it's a long title, but pretty much Tiny Beautiful Things with the red cover. It's a book of questions that were submitted to her and her column that she responds to. And I took so much away from that book. And if you're interested, you can, you know, kind of go back to that episode. It's titled appropriately, so you'll know which one I'm talking about. And yes, I came across that book after seeing it on my league's timeline, like forever. And now this is the second book that I'm highlighting. 
that she raved about. And I was like, okay, I guess, you know, she is screaming this from the rooftops. Everyone should read this book. So I'm going to purchase it. And I did not regret it by any means. After I finished like the first couple of essays, my very, very, very dear friend from nursing school, I text her like, you need to have this book. And I sent her a copy because it already just within the first couple of um, essays was already speaking to me. And I'm not going to highlight every single essay. There are three parts and each part has two collections of essays and each collection has four to six essays. So, you know, you can do the math on that. That's a lot of essays and there's a lot of good writing and reflections from these black women who have lent their perspectives and been vulnerable in their individual ways in these essays. There's so much to gather from this piece of work. And I'm only going to highlight two because it's just too much. And I can't highlight everything. Then there won't be a reason to buy it. I want people who listen to this episode. I want the black women who listen to this episode to feel like I need to have this on my bookshelf because I think it's it's one of those books that are are good to have. And I think it's also one of those books where you will, it'll hit you differently with time. You know, me in my early 30s reading it, there were some essays that I resonated with way more than others. Every essay was good, but you know that there just, you know, there might be a place that you're in in your life to where this essay is like, okay, were you written for me? you know, type of thing. So I feel like this is the type of book where if you read it in your 30s, it'll hit different versus when you read it in your 40s or even like late 30s versus early 30s, late 40s versus early 40s, 50s, you know, and up. It is it is a book that will speak to you no matter where you are in your life as a black woman in one way or another. So this book has many different black women who wrote individual essays, but each collection begins with Chloe's story. So the first collection is where she starts about her life and her upbringing. And then which with each subsequent collection, she talks more about her struggles, her triumphs. She talks about her experiences in abuse in an abusive relationship. She talks about terminating a pregnancy. She talks about down the line getting married. She talks about having a baby. She talks about postpartum depression and pregnancy loss. She has gone through a lot. She talks about sexual abuse and trauma that she has gone through, which when I read that part, I'm not going to go into detail, but all I will tell you is I was reading that essay and I was like, girl, you are better than me. I don't know. 
I don't know if I will ever get to a point of enlightenment or forgiveness to where I was able to do what she did. But I am, I am heaping all the kudos to her because I feel like that, that would be the most difficult thing to ever do. I, I, even with all of the work and personal like self-awareness that I've cultivated and just like all the healing that I've done for myself personally, I don't think I could ever get to that level of forgiveness towards a person who committed such an act. I mean, perhaps I can get to the point of forgiving them, but she went above and beyond. And if you're curious, you know, buy the book. I'm not going to go into detail. I, you know, like I said, she has an essay where she goes deep into her experiences with sexual assault. And like I said, I am in awe of her and what she was able to do and how she was able to, you know, own that for herself and turn it into what she wanted it to mean for herself after doing the healing. So I wanted to touch on too the theme of home in this book. It is threaded throughout the book and time and time again you're presented with what does home mean for you you know obviously when we think about home the first thing that may come to mind is a physical space and that is one definition of home when I read after I read the first part And, you know, was kind of thinking deeper into it. I was thinking about, you know, with this theme of home, what does that mean to me? Because, you know, I talked a lot about everywhere that I've lived in my 20s. After graduating from college, I lived in Delaware for two years, you know, working my first big girl job with the Department of Health there. Then I lived in the DMV for almost four years. I worked in DC with a public health organization for almost four years and I lived in Maryland. And then I moved to Philly for one year. And the intent with moving to Philly was to live there for a much longer time because I moved there for nursing school. And, you know, having been admitted into University of Pennsylvania Nursing School, I, you know, intended to live there for at least three, four, maybe five years, maybe more, who knows. But I had to leave. I had to cut that time short because I withdrew from the program. I completed the summer semester and then like a couple of weeks into the fall semester, I withdrew because I could no longer pay for it. It was not feasible in terms of cost. So I went back to work and I stayed in Philly for another eight-ish months. I got a good job relatively quickly, thankfully, within the nursing school, actually, that allowed me to restabilize for a period of time and save some money and work towards the next goal, which was to 
reapply to nursing school. And within that time, I reapplied to Yale as a psych student and got into Yale. So then I moved to Connecticut and lived there for three and a half years, almost four, almost four. And then, you know, circling back to before Delaware, I lived in Texas for a summer because I grew up in New York. Like my, I was born and raised in New York. I was born in the Bronx. We moved to Long Island when I was like six. So from age six to 21, Long Island was the backdrop to my childhood. And then my parents split between the 2010, 2011 years. And with that, my dad was much less in the picture. And it was my siblings and my mom and my auntie. And now being on one income, it was harder to, you know, continue living where we were living. So we moved to Texas because the cost of living was much lower and the money could go much further, you know, as my mom, with my mom working. So we moved to Texas a month after I graduated and I was there until like late August. So about three months. And then I got my job in Delaware and then I moved. So I am trying to calculate how many states that is, (laughs) maybe six. I don't know. From my, from growing up in New York to now being back in New York and all the states in between, I think about what is home You know, that's been something even before reading this book, that's been something that that's been a question that I've grappled with because I don't know if there's anywhere that feels like home, home right now. I got to be honest. I know there are places that I click with and I would probably even say, you know, feel the most like home to me. And that's definitely Philly. I don't know why the place that I lived for the shortest amount of time, you know, actually, that's not true. I probably, I've probably been in Texas the shortest amount of time, but in my mind, Texas is like my family's home. It's not like my home, if that makes sense, because my family we moved and my mom has been in Texas since we moved. My mom came to New York to work briefly for about a year last year. She was working as a COVID provider. So that's the longest time she was out of Texas. But this is since 2011. It's been well over 10 years since my family as a unit moved. And then shortly, you know, within... One to two years after the move, I got my job and um, my brothers were in college and um, my sister eventually moved to D.C. for college. So we were all dispersed, but my mom and my extended family was still there. So that's why I consider it my family home. And I feel a sense of hominess when I go there because of the people there. I think it's more about the people and less about the place. 
So, you know, I think that lends to the concept of there being different definitions of home. A home can be a home because you grew up there. So New York, in a sense, is my home because that's where my life started. Like I said, I grew up in Long Island and I was born in the Bronx. I lived there for my first five-ish years of my life. And then like six months after my little sister, she's the youngest of the four of us. So six months after my little sister was born, we moved to Long Island. So New York will always have a special place in my heart, no matter how chaotic and stressful it could be. (laughs) New York will always have a very special place in my heart because that's where my story started. And that's where I am right now. And I don't know if that's where I'm going to be long term. But, you know, it's something that I'm open to, if for nothing else, because, you know, I have a connection there. I have a deep connection to New York. So, yes, New York is my home because that's where my story started. Delaware is my home. I feel at home when I'm there. And I'm bummed because I didn't get to... Um, also, you know, that's not true. Now that I think about it, I actually stopped in Delaware on my drive from Maryland, from the tiny house to my Philly Airbnb. I stopped there because I wanted to get a couple of books. <laughs> there are some books that I am hoping to talk about later in the year on the podcast. So I decided, okay, this is an opportunity to stop in Delaware, to go to the old mall that I used to really love because there's a Barnes and Noble there. So I went there. So, you know, it can be years that pass by and I'll want to go to Delaware um, because there is a really amazing farmer's market that is flea market slash farmer's market that's open there on the weekends. And they have like great food and like fresh of fruits and vegetables and just all these like cute interesting stores that you can you can go there and be there all day and not be bored so that's like a piece of Delaware that I miss sometimes and there's like this really small beach area that's not you know crazy popular I feel like it's like a hidden gem in Newcastle where I used to go for a walk that's where I went after I took my NCLEX If you listen to my first episode ever, I talk about it. That's where I drove to after I took my NCLEX. Like I I sped down the 95 after that test and I went to my old IHOP and ordered my favorite. It was just me. It was in the middle of the day. There was nobody there. And I just kind of like ate my emotions after that test. (laughs) Thank God I passed. I ate my emotions after that test and I went to that little beach park area and I walked the whole way and walked back to, you know, the entrance point. And then I walked along the pier. It has like this really little cute pier. I walked all the way out on the pier to kind of look at the Delaware Memorial Bridge. You got a really good view of the bridge there. So like it's these little things that define Delaware as a home for me and it's also a home for me because that's where I started my adult independent life that was the first time outside of college and I wouldn't even count college because I always lived with someone you know college I always had a roommate I never lived by myself Delaware is where my personal story started versus New York where my 
story as a human being started, period, you know, with family and everything. Delaware will always have a special place in my heart as a home because that's where I moved to as an individual. And that's where I overcame a lot of firsts. That's where I started my first big girl job. That's where I saved up and bought my first car. That's where I had my first apartment and I was paying my own bills. I wasn't getting help from anybody. And that is where I was really getting to know who I was and, you know, who Amaka was, who Uzamaka was. And, you know, I think back to that time and I think about, I think back to it very fondly. Like there's a picture that I have of myself that one of my friends took for me. And whenever I see that picture, I always think I was the happiest I had ever been at that point in that picture because of just everything that I had learned about myself and everything that I had accomplished for myself that I wasn't quite sure I could do before then. You know, there's just certain things you don't quite know about yourself in terms of your capability that you can only find out when you're by yourself. Those two years that I lived in Delaware, I will always remember fondly. I will always remember fondly because I conquered so much on my own when it came to learning who I was and setting goals and meeting them and exceeding them and knowing that I can do life on my own if I absolutely have to. That's not that's not my goal now. My goal is to build community and you know and help others and you know be collectively worked collectively you know but then my goals were individual because I lived on my own and I you know was trying to figure out who I was and that was something that I was able to do you know The journey never ends, but for what it was worth at that time, I made leaps and bounds with just learning who I was. And I will always keep Delaware. It will always have a special place in my heart, too, because that's just where my journey as an individual started. And then D.C. to a degree is home for me, too, much, much less so. Honestly, I love D.C. I loved D.C., but I don't think of it so much when it comes to home. In a way, I think of it as as like a continuation to Delaware because I, I just continued working. I was much busier when I lived in D.C., in the DMV area. I was much busier. So maybe I had less time to think. Who knows? But like I was working full time. There was a point when I was living in D.C. I was working full time. I was in school full time getting my master's in public health. And while also doing that, 
there was a period of time where I was working full time. I was in school full time for my master's and I was taking nursing prerequisites. If you can believe that. I don't know how I got through those few months when everything was happening at the same time, but I did not let any balls drop. Thankfully, I left my job, you know, smoothly, no bridges burned, everything intact. I graduated with my master's and I finished my prerequisites to start nursing school. That was a very challenging period of time, to say the least. So maybe that might be one reason why it's harder to think of DC as a home, because I was just I was just trying to hit goal after goal after goal, meet objective after objective after objective. And with that, you know, the time almost kind of came and went in a way. Thankfully, I was able to make friends and build a little bit of a community. But that's something that I believe lacked. That's something that I believe really lacked Um, in my time in D.C. I remember bouts of loneliness when I lived in D.C. for sure. And I did not have the understanding of building and maintaining friendships then that I do now. So... I think that was a large part of it. And because of that, you know, I was lonely at times. I think about there were a couple there were a couple of particular instances where I remember I think back and I get pretty sad, you know. But I with that I resolved within myself that I was going to figure out how to make new friends and cultivate those friendships, which I have gotten much better at because it takes effort. The older you get, you have to be more intentional with keeping your friendships alive. So yeah, that's DC for me. And then Philly. I I don't know what it was, you know? I feel at home. I feel a large sense of hominess when I'm here and I think a lot of it has to do with just the culture there's a ubiquitousness of black culture in Philly believe it or not and I loved that I loved the different types of black people that you see here from all walks of life and I loved the personality of the city and It was where my journey towards nursing school started, even though it took a very sharp detour, like very sharp detour. (laughs) Um, That's where the journey towards being where I am now started. And, um, you know, just outside of that, I remember being able, after I withdrew from the program, I remember days of being able to walk to work because I lived like a 20 minute walk from work. So I would oftentimes just get ready in the morning and just like take a leisurely walk to the office. And, you know, West Philadelphia, where I lived in the fall was so beautiful with like the old age architecture of the houses. A lot of them were like colorful and just vibrant. And then the 
changing leaves. It was just so picturesque. I don't know what it is about this city that was just so beautiful to me and just resonated with me so much. There's so much history here, good food here. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like even the reasons that I'm giving may not even seem like they're so unique, but you know, it's unique to me. It's unique to me. There are people that come here like, oh, Philly, like, it's not that big a deal. But you know, it all depends on the individual, their history, their personality, a lot of that is factored into how they relate to a particular place. And for me, I just vibe. I just vibe with it. So outside of Texas, Philly is the place that I've spent the least amount of time, but feel the most connected to as an individual. And then you have Connecticut, with which honestly, I don't miss Connecticut that much. I did not really connect to it the way I did with other places. I was there for school. I was there for a goal. I miss more so the people and the food. New Haven, Connecticut, you might be very surprised if you ever visit there, has really has a really like um, bustling food scene. A lot of great food there. So I miss just like going to brunch and going to happy hour with my friends. And I miss, you know, studying together. I just miss the connections that I made there. I started to warm up a little bit more towards the end. Connecticut is beautiful in the fall time as well. There are a lot of beautiful lakes and hiking trails and parks. And I took advantage of that more in, you know, the latter half of my time there. And I wish, you know, I started sooner, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. So my connection to Connecticut is very meh. And as far as the state goes, it's definitely not, you know, I don't think of it fondly the way I think of Delaware or Philly or even D.C. to to a degree. But I appreciate it for what it gave me. Itself as a state, I feel like doesn't have much personality, but I appreciate the memories that it gave me with school, with the people that I met, with the friends that I made, with the, you know, experiences with nature, um, just those type of things. I appreciate it for, you know, that, definitely. And now, you know, being back in New York, so I moved out at 21 with my family when we were headed to Texas, and I'm back as I'm on the verge of turning 33. So that is 12 years, 12 years not living in New York, even though I was here often because my partner lived here. I was here very often, but never lived in the way that I do now. And, you know, like I said, New York is my home because that's where my story started. But outside of that, I don't know if I really connect to it as a home place at this point, if that makes sense. I think a lot of that has to do with 
how busy I've been with my job and being able to have a lot of personal time back, not just this month, but with the new position I'm starting in a couple of weeks, I intend to kind of reacquaint myself with New York and, you know, start a new relationship with the city and the boroughs that's mine, you know, so that I'm able to have those fond memories of here, of New York, whether I stay or whether I eventually move again, because you just don't know. There's a very big possibility that I could move again next year, but I could also stay. Time will tell. So, wow. Um, I was not planning for this podcast to be completely about the theme of home. I have so much that I wrote about that I have not even talked about with this book. So I guess we're doing a part one. I guess this is a part one because there's so much I haven't even talked about. I thought I would kind of just lightly discuss this theme of home and then move on to the other, you know, I wanted to highlight two particular essays in the book and I wasn't able to do that because I'm nearing 45 minutes of recording and I'm kind of blown away right now. I always do this. (laughs) I always do this. I'm like, oh, I can talk about all of this in 45 minutes tops. And I'm still talking about the theme of home. And I am almost at the 45 minute mark, which is wild. So this is officially a part one of life, I swear. And in the next episode, we're definitely going to talk more about the actual stories. And at the very least, I will mention the specific essays in the book that I wanted to highlight. So the first one is called Twice of Everything by Neka Julia. And just quickly, I resonated with that essay. I think a lot of it was just her upbringing, her Um, heritage as a Nigerian Igbo woman, which is who I am. I'm a Nigerian Igbo woman. So I will definitely talk about that in the next episode. I also wanted to highlight the the essay by Esther Boykin, Loving All the Pieces of My Heart. She talked a little bit about like always feeling like you have to do more and how we a lot of times attach our value to productivity. So I'm going to talk about that in part two of Life, I Swear, the discussion that I have. And then the final collection of this book called Human Nature was the one that moved me the most. Um, And it may not surprise you because mental health was a focal point of this particular collection. So I'm going to talk more about that in part two of the discussion for life, I swear. But I'm going to end this episode with a quote from Neka Julia's essay about what home could mean. And hopefully this quote ties together everything that I've shared on this specific episode. It's on page 57. And her quote is, coming home to myself is about accepting all of my former selves accepting my emotions and accepting my feelings because they can either serve or master. They can either control you or you can control them. 
It's realizing that I have a place anywhere I choose because I myself am home. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional reading that quote. I underlined it when I read it. And, you know, it stuck with me enough to want to end this episode with it because with everything that I have talked about on this episode about the theme of home, which came throughout the book in different ways, home sprung up in the different essays based off of the writer's understanding, you know, kind of recounting my journey up to this point in all these different places you know, at the end of the day, it's up to me to decide what home is for me. And that quote pretty much sums it up for me. It doesn't really matter where I am. There are certain places that I will connect to more than others. There are certain places that will always feel like home. But if I'm able to come to myself and return to myself as my home, seeing me as my safe space, I will be all right no matter where I am. If I'm able to always remember that I can be my own safe space no matter where I am, if I remember that I can always turn inward to myself, no matter where I am, then I can serve as a home for myself, no matter where I am. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope that you got something from it. I'm looking forward to producing part two of my thoughts on this book. And If it resonated with you, if any past episodes have impacted you in a positive way, please rate and review on your preferred listening platform. Please subscribe. Please recommend. Please share with anyone who you think will appreciate this episode, listening to it. If you want to reach out to me, please feel free. You can reach out to me via email at btbwpodcast at gmail.com. That's btbwpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me via my social media in the show notes. And that's it. This did not go how I planned. I planned to cover this entire book in this episode, but I am a stickler for not it getting too long. So we will continue in part two. Thank you guys again. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to y'all soon. Bye.